0: Is this thing on?
1: Are you ready, Matt?
0: You're listening to Box Office Vinjuice with Matt Diaz and Ernesto Santos. Good evening, folks. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you.
2: We know each other. He's a friend from work.
0: Okay. Hello and welcome to another episode of Box Office Bingers. Ernesto, we, I feel like now we're officially in the summer movie blockbuster season because this is, this, these, what we're about to talk about here and also next week are apparently the movies of the summer yes, and obviously. this is obviously our <laughs> obviously, right? Our last, over the weekend, our movie theaters have been packed. And right now, we are about to go into our Barbenheimer review. This is Barbenheimer Part yes. 1, where Ernesto, tell our lovely listeners what Barbenheimer Part 1 is. So we are going to start with Barbie, starring Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling,
1: Issa Rae, Kate McKinnon, Kate uh, America Ferreira, Ariana Greenblatt, Simu Liu, Michael Cera, and many more Barbies and Kens. Written and di- re- directed by Greta Gerwig, who directed Lady Bird and Little Women. And written by Greta Gerwig and her longtime partner, Noah Baumbach, who wrote and directed the movie Marriage Story, which we loved and enjoyed. That was such a great netf- film that's on Netflix. But mm-hmm. not only are we reviewing this great movie, we are bringing in a very special guest. We brought back the one and only Jacqueline D'Agostino.
3: Welcome
2: Hey! Thanks. <laughs> thanks for having me. I'm super pumped to talk about Barbie and then also a little Oppenheimer at the end. I was while you were doing the whole intro, I'm like, I should have wore like pink or something uh. today, but of course I wore like the exact opposite of black. But no, you know, well, you're,
0: you're wearing but for I'm... Oppenheimer. You, you know, you, you made a choice. That's all.
2: Exactly. You're right. You're right. It's <laughs> a make it a choice. A choice was me. <laughs> yeah.
0: A choice was also a lot of people. I, we saw a split down the movie. I'm not sure what your movie theater experience was, but there was a lot of people in pink or a lot of people are mixed. I don't think a lot of people were, like, devoting themselves into wearing black for Oppenheimer, but either you're wearing pink or you're doing a variation of of, of pink and black.
2: Yeah, so full disclosure, I did see Oppenheimer on the opening night, and so our theater, we were talking about this a little bit off camera, was pretty much packed, but also, like, the Barbie theater, I saw a ton of, like, Families, moms and daughters that are all in like hot pink, sparkles, like matching outfits, all the things. So it was like, I feel like at my theater, I'm, I'm in Miami and it was like kind of split, but almost a little bit more Barbie. And maybe I just noticed it more because Oppenheimer, you know, viewers weren't necessarily in like hot pink and sequins. Like that <laughs> just like catches your eye more. Um, yeah. But I mean, it, there was so many people, I feel like, at, at least at my theater on opening
0: mm-hmm. night. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was uh, – I mean, Ernesto and I – well, f- actually, funny enough, uh, we're, we're not talking about Oppenheimer fully today, but Ernesto and I <laughs> went to the theater for the first time together in four years. Yeah. Which is crazy. Is, crazy, which right?
3: Is crazy. <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> We've been doing this podcast for almost four years, and I think the last movie we saw together was Bombshell, yeah. which was December of 2019. Before the pandemic.
2: So, like, before COVID. It's the last time we went to the movies together. Yes. Correct. Exactly. Yes. That's literally crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and I at least I can say for our viewing for Oppenheimer, that when, when we walked into the lobby, packed. Pink. Like, everywhere. I had to <laughs> – pink, pink everywhere. It's a sea of pink. Oh, my gosh. Everywhere. I mean, I think – just on a side note, I think it's just great to, to be, like, a movie fan because I haven't seen the theaters packed like that in – Years like even be, even the, before the pandemic, it's like people don't go out to the movies like that anymore. Yeah, and
2: N- yeah. Sorry to cut you off. I was just no, I fine. was just saying like the last time I went to a, a premiere was for um a Pokemon movie. Which one was it? You named it
0: Pokemon two thousand.
2: <laughs> yeah, in the year two thousand. <laughs> so like, <laughs> like I and the only reason I went was because my older brother wanted the holographic Mew card that you got. Mm-hmm. if like whoever you know I can't remember the first like 100 or 50 or whatever it was people that waited in line that was literally the last time I went and saw a movie like on a premiere night so it was yeah. it was crazy
0: <laughs> yeah I think the I so I saw I saw Barbie with Megan on Thursday night showing and it was packed too it was also packed not only my theater the concessions and the bar was <laughs> also packed and also the bar across the street. Was also packed, and people were dressed in pink there as well. So you, they were either leaving or going into the theater for it. It's just, I just haven't seen that in a long time. It was kind of nice to see that it wasn't for a superhero movie because I think the last time a lot of people came out to theater was for probably Avengers Endgame, which was in May of or April of twenty nineteen. So yeah,
2: yeah, and it's just fun. I think like an excuse to dress up or be on theme sure. with something is like. It, it's hard to pass up. It's like these all these concerts with like Beyonce, Taylor Swift. It's now this like fashion outfit spectacle too. So I just feel like if you get an opportunity to like go out with your friends, dress up in hot pink and sparkles, and that's probably not your your day to day, like it's fun. <laughs> so why not? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, you honestly make a good point because I think that's also part of Barbie's success, which we'll dive into a little bit later, of how it made so much money in the box office. I think yeah. part of it was that, it was marketed as a social event. Like this is something you have to do. You had to dress up and you have to go watch this movie. And I feel like that was, again, it made it fun and therefore made people want to go to the movies. Mm -hmm. Um, But before we dive into Barbie, Jacqueline, it's been a while since we've spoken to you. How are you? What, anything new that you can tell us on? How's everything over in Miami?
2: Yeah. I think the last time I was on, I just moved here. Yeah. Um, Like I I still had like hangers and boxes and like all this (laughs) It was like everything was in a disarray when I was on the call. Um, so I've been uh, in my, for almost a year, it'll be like a year in September, which is kind of wow. crazy to even think about, yeah. like, what the heck? <laughs> um, so for those who don't know what I do, which is probably like <laughs> everyone listening, i <I'm, laughs> I'm a, um, a sports anchor for CBS Sports out of their Fort Lauderdale studio. So when I the last time I joined you guys, I think I was doing mostly like the streaming shows, mm. um, and I still do that. But now I've been rotating in on the CBS Sports Network shows, which has been really fun. Mm-hmm. They're just they're very similar, but like some different aspects. Um, so it's good to kind of change it up and flex different creative muscles. The show's a little bit longer, it's just a little bit of a different format, but all kind of the same daily sports news topics happening. Um, you know. In the world of sports, it could be anything, WNBA, NBA, NFL, college football, soccer, which has been crazy, obviously, with Messi coming down to enter Miami. It's been, like, literally madness. Um, But, yeah, so that's been really fun. If you get CBS Sports Network, it's at 3 p.m., so you can watch. I'm never on the same day, but... If you happen to catch me, I'm on it twice a week. So maybe, maybe this far is And then also I've been doing some like TikToks and like joining the social team and doing some, some fun stuff. Uh, just like different trivias and like things that they're expanding for CBS Sports on their social media platform. So we just went to the big three um, that was in Miami. Essentially it's a league that Ice Cube created mm-hmm. for those who aren't familiar. Three on three basketball. Um, a lot of like former NBA guys, do it they've spent you know 13 14 seasons with the nba they maybe they had an injury or whatnot and they just still want to play basketball um like mario chalmers is probably one of the bigger names that is in the big three so we did a lot of fun social stuff interviewed ice cube and and all that so it's it's been really really fun it's been a good time what's
1: been your um favorite experience so far like what's been the thing like this was like the high point of my year
2: yeah oh my gosh that's such a good question um, probably. I you know when you first get into something or something that's like completely new, which for me this whole role was like so new, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and right off the bat, I, I interviewed Eli Manning, so that was probably wow. like that, that was really fun. I guess that's technically last year because that was like October of last. No, year. but I got you. Like um, your year of I mean I met
1: your year of like starting a new. Like yeah. you're on your whole new path, you know.
2: Okay. Yeah. So I think that was probably one of the, the high points where you're like, whoa, it's just someone that I've watched on, on TV and, and whatnot. And just being able to like, talk to them like a real person. So that was fun. And then also the big three with like Ice Cube, we saw like Dr. J. It was like, wow. it was really, really fun to, to interact with those people. Um in person like it was i I say those people like they're literally icons like what am i saying um it's just like it's crazy to see them in person you're like Like, what? the real person (laughs) Um, right there no i got you yeah maybe like just the whole big three experience that's really my first time being like out in the field with with CBS. so that was a really fun process and then obviously like eli manning interviewing him your first like month at work is is kind of wow kind of surreal so that was that was really fun too but just in general like the whole experience i think like just really having to transition from news which can be um for the shows are very everything is very um purposeful and like placed and it's there's a rundown and you follow the rundown you know what i mean and obviously when there's breaking news it derails of course um but in sports it's kind of like a it's more of like a a suggestion. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's more like a conversation and things change a lot as well, but it's just more, um, like round table discussion versus everything being super scripted and like more bullet points. So that's been an adjustment, but I feel like I'm finally getting to a, a place where I, I can kind of like take a step back and relax a little bit. And I'm not so like, Oh my God, everything is so new. Cause you know, whatever you do, like starting a new job, it's like such an adjustment, Absolutely. you know? So um, I think once you get to like that year marker closing in, you start to feel a little bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's always a good feeling too. So that's also a high point is getting to like, you know, where you can be yourself and and not be so like, oh my God, this is so new. If that makes any sense. Oh, it all.
1: makes sense. A hundred percent. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and for those who don't know, and and for whatever reason you're new to the podcast, maybe because you just watched Barbie and now we're going to be talking <laughs> about it. But um, uh, Jacqueline, Ernesto, and I we work together at the new station. Yeah. And, and she was very uh, gracious enough to come onto the podcast Many and times. then also come back on again and again and again. And really I love appreciate. coming on the
2: pod. Sorry, guys. I'm just, my mom is like literally blowing me up about a pickleball outfit that she found. And I'm like, I, I forgot to tell her that I'm on a podcast. I'm like seeing my phone. I'm like, hold on. Good. <laughs> That's why I was looking down. She now knows. Um, she,
0: she needs answers now, yeah. Jacqueline, if you don't mind. She must know.
2: She's like, hey, Really cute for pickleball. I played pickleball once, like when I <laughs> out there, and I'm really bad. So, like, I don't need like this professional outfit that she's trying to like send me. hilarious. But
0: may- maybe if you get the outfit, then it might encourage you more to go out and play pickleball.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, look good, feel good, or whatever. Yeah, there you go. Know. Yes.
0: <laughs> um, anyway, but
2: sorry y- to cut you off. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, no you're, no, you're perfectly fine. You're perfectly fine. Uh, that was more entertaining. Than whatever I was going to say, anyway. <laughs> um, but anyway, we we've all worked together. Obviously, we we've been in that environment before, working at a new station. Um, and you made an interesting point. You said that you had a like for news. There's a script, and you kind of kind of read it verbatim, basically. Like like these these are. And but you said in sports and what you do with there, there's more bullet points. Do you feel like you need to have more knowledge outside of your bullet points, or it's like is this prep that you're working for for this particular? Like say that before, like you go on camera, or is it more like a morning night, morning day and night? You have to kind of keep up to date and be knowledgeable for whatever kind of maybe come your way.
2: I think it it's it's a lot of information, but almost in a different way. Because you know, when I say it's scripted, it's not like the anchors come in for local news and they like cold read it. I mean, maybe some people I'm sure have all been there and they've done that before, but when, when the anchors are going in there, they're rewriting fact checking, you know, for news, you guys know that. So Mm -hmm. like, but, but there's always like kind of a sense of security where you're like, Oh, well I know I wrote this and, and this is how the rundown is going to go. And it just feels a little bit more like you have a, another netting to kind of fall back on, I Mm -hmm. guess. Whereas like sometimes with, um, and, and here it's kind of like whatever works best for you, you can do, you can write everything if you want, you can bullet point it. Like everyone kind of has a different workflow. And mm-hmm. I just feel like for me personally, especially when we have like guests, we'll have, you know, guests at a table and there's going to be four of us. And we're talking about who should you start in fantasy? And it's like, if I'm like, so married to the script or the prompter, like I'm not giving my attention, I'm not listening. I'm not, it's not really like you know exactly what they're going to say. So it's really important to be like listening to the analyst, listening to what they're saying. And sometimes the conversation that you might've had and pictured in your head is going to go completely off the rails. And so it's really knowing and doing so much research on a specific topic or sport or what have you, so that you can just talk freely on it. Like you would, you know, any, anything like, like this movie or whatever, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. whatever your topic is. Uh, So it's, It's hard to compare because they are so different. It's like apples and oranges, but it's almost just, and I think reporters in news have this as well because they don't always have a script or their phone or their computer. It's more just being able to internalize the information and being able to talk freely on it, almost like you're giving a speech or Mm -hmm. something. So that is, I do think it's a little bit more background research and you do have a little bit more time, obviously. In news, it's very different because it's like, you only have a very short window, and here there's a little bit more time to to build upon it. Usually I know the day before what I'm going to be talking about, which is nice. In news, you don't always get that luxury. You know, That's just the nature of, of the business. But I will say I feel like it's a little bit more background knowledge, especially when you're talking about three or four different topics in a show versus a lot of the times – if you're a reporter or news, you might have one or two stories for the day, um, whereas you could be talking about five sports in one hour. So mm-hmm. um, it's challenging, but it's it's really fun and really rewarding.
0: It, it sounds like you're having a great time, and you'd be able to do a lot. I mean, from the last time we spoke to you last year to now, I feel like we're now hitting you in your almost your one year mark since we last spoke to you. So it's crazy. It's like, I can't crazy even believe it. About, like, what? Yeah, and um, also like you you've been gone for that long as well which is also
2: crazy to think about. Yeah. It is crazy. Oh, sorry. It's got um, a whole tangled up in my uh, <laughs> microphone. Um, no, yeah. It's like, it's so insane. And obviously, like, I still, like, I was just texting Kellyanne because she got engaged. Kellyanne's new yeah. That was at WESH where we all worked. Um, or where Ernesto still works. Yes. <laughs> and so it was just like, um, just like keeping up with everybody. Like, uh, everyone there is so great. So it's uh, I love keeping tabs. Like, Sheldon, michelle eric meredith jason all them like everyone is it's i love keeping up i think that's like a good thing of social media like a, a good part about it right like you can yeah. always you're, check in with people
1: yeah you're gone but you're not really
0: gone now you're,
2: exactly we're more
1: just following you along until we see you again
0: <laughs> yeah pretty <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> much i will say i mean ever since we started this podcast we we're i mean this platform for us have been able a great way to reconnect with old friends that we've had even from college and then Ernesto and myself, we brought in our own friends yeah. to to come, that we haven't even spoken to in a while. Like I reached out to somebody I hadn't spoken to in almost ten years from oh high God. school. And I said, Hey, you're doing pretty well right now. Have you ever <laughs> come on the show? Did come? On? I, yeah. He did. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No. His name was Corey. He's been on Broadway. He's on television. Wow. And, he's on. And I he's said, on.
1: Uh, I, I, uh, what's that show that he's on? That's on Stars. Uh, Power. Power. He's on Power.
0: He was on Power, and then hey. he was uh, one of the boys from Jersey Boys. Uh, on on not well, on Broadway, but I think he was on. The he was on the touring. Circuit. Yeah,
3: for,
1: yeah. He's touring yeah, for, for awesome. Jersey
0: Boys. But I was like, I it was like kind of just out of the blue. I was like, you know what? I have nothing to lose. And within like two days, he reached back out. He's like, man, I would love to. It's been so long. And I was like. All right, here we go. We're doing this. All right. We had, such a fun, yeah, we had such a fun time with that episode. So it's kind of it's kind of nice that even now, speaking with you, I mean, uh, we we've spoken every briefly, but this is a uh, this is like this podcast has been a great way to not only just talk about movies, but also to bring all of our friends together yeah. as well and just yeah, have fun talking.
2: Totally, the beauty of podcasting. Even when Ernesto and I were still at WESH and Matt um, before you had left, whenever we did these podcasts, it just felt like you were never even gone. Yeah. So
0: yeah,
1: just, <laughs> <laughs> just yeah exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, Oh, we just picked up where we left off. And that's, yeah, that's the exactly. beauty about it. Uh, but we're glad to see you're doing well. Uh, I hope you, year two is just as good as year one, if not better than, Thank you. Thank you. than yeah. that. Uh, but with that, let's dive into the meat of this, shall we? Let's dive let's into go. our spoiler review of Barbie, the movie that has been sweeping, not only the nation, but the world. Who knew that at the beginning of the year, Barbie would have been the movie that kind of broke the the summer blockbuster season? I I had I would not have guessed that that would have been the movie. Maybe Guardians, maybe even uh, uh, Mission Impossible, or even The Flash. And now, no, forget all those movies. It's all of a, We're it's all about Barbie right now, which is insane to think about. So, Jacqueline, we'll start with you. What is your thoughts on Barbie?
2: Okay. So just to kind of rewind before I actually saw the movie and you were okay. saying like who expected this would be the movie that kind of just like set us into a movie frenzy. I, I was honestly like, I didn't even know what to expect because obviously we know all the money that they put into marketing. It was like, it was like a hundred million dollars or something that that's just a figure that I feel like is right, but don't quote me on that. But it was an excessive marketing budget. And so you saw it everywhere. You saw the whole, dream house and, and like all the things I saw Margot Robbie, like at all the premieres and in every single different outfit that literally mimicked a Barbie's outfit from the past, like her iconic black and white swimsuit or, you know, mm-hmm. all the things. And so I didn't really know what to expect also because Amy Schumer was supposed to be yes, Barbie right. and that yes. was like a former concept and then they change. And then I'm hearing like all these people are in it and I'm, and I'm thinking in my head, like, Is this a comedy? Is this a drama? Is it for kids? How are all these people Barbie? How are all these people Ken? Like, it was just very confusing to me, despite the fact that they put so much money into the marketing. So that I I was kind of just like, I don't know what to expect, but I already saw, as you know, Oppenheimer Mm -hmm. on opening day. And I'm like, let's just go see Barbie like next weekend. Because you know, I keep seeing all these people that are going, all the outfits. So -hmm. it was intriguing to me. I will say. Me, it was like more. I thought it was actually hilarious. I I, like I laughed out loud so many times, and I just I guess I just didn't even know what to expect. I didn't know if it was gonna be serious, funny, whatever. I was just trying to like go into it completely blindsided. I would say, on a scale of one to 10, I'd probably give it like a seven and a half, an eight. I thought it was really good. I thought Margot Robbie killed it. I thought Simu Liu is how you pronounce his name. Yeah. He was, like, the star Ken for me. Like, for whatever <laughs> reason, um, Ryan Gosling is Ken. I know everyone's like, he's the best Ken. Like, I, his character, like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because he was being a little too thirsty for Barbie. <laughs> you know, like, in the whole, like,
1: That was his storyline.
2: purpose. <laughs> I just found, yeah, I just found him to be really annoying. And I was just like, I love seeing you, Leo. Like, he is the Ken for me. Um, but I, I thought it was a great, like it was just funny. I I know some people I feel like are taking the messaging a little bit too seriously Mm. and are like up in arms about certain parts of it. I I just like, as just a going in movie, I thought it was great. I thought the costumes, the outfit, the visuals, all of that was so well done. Like perfection to a T. Like you felt like you were in Barbie land. I didn't see the whole Ken taking over Barbie land, like plot line that I was not expecting that. I kind of felt like okay, Barbie's going to go into the real world and that's going to be the main storyline. So I did like the little, you know, uh, diverging over towards Ken and giving him a moment to shine. But overall, I I thought it was fun. It was like, is it like the best movie I've ever seen? No, but I thought it was hilarious, especially when they were making fun of Ken and all of the Barbies came together and they're like explaining to each other how to distract Ken. And they're like, yeah, you should um, ask him, or tell him that you've never seen The Godfather, Godfather and have him explain it to you for an hour straight. Like, all that stuff is so funny to me. And I think it was just like, obviously, you have to have a sense of humor about it. But I I liked it. And then, um, I'm, who was the actress? I'm, like, blinking. Um, who was the mom that worked at Mattel? Oh, America
0: Ferreira. Um, uh, America Ferreira.
2: Yeah. I thought she was so good, her and her daughter. Like, I just loved tying them into it and going back and forth between the real world, Barbie world, Will Ferrell, also always hilarious. Like, I just, I love the ending and tying in the creator of Barbie. Like, I just, I thought it was good. Like, I liked it. Um, and I wasn't looking too deep into the messaging or anything like that. I was just watching it as, like, this is the Barbie movie. And I have laughed out loud, like, six times. <laughs> so, it, I like it. That was kind of my takeaway.
0: It's funny that you you pointed out the the Godfather scene. So I saw this movie with Megan and when that scene came up, she looked at me and I felt personally (laughs) attacked because it wasn't necessarily with the Godfather, but it was most definitely a whole bunch of other movies that... (laughs) Movies
2: in general that are very like, that guys love and then they just explain it to you and you're like, okay, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, it was just hit the nail on the head like it was just so funny because it's so true yeah, not for everybody obviously i know but, like, i'm guilty i'm
1: guilty i know i'm guilty like <laughs> if
0: <laughs> that that for, for me I, I and i actually i think i recently just explained this the other day when we had nick on the show is when uh when it was during wandavision and quicksilver came on during the it was like a quick cameo and then i was sure. like whoa you know what this means and she goes no and I said strap in it's gonna be a minute and she's like I don't care It's like just give me just one minute and we're gonna be done with this um and and she told me like I I really don't care
2: (laughs) yeah it's all I mean and you guys know how I how I feel about Avengers and things like that it's just not for me personally like it's too overwhelming for me I'm I've missed the boat by years so I'm just kind of like I'm just gonna take a step back and and just understand and acknowledge that I'm never going to catch up. Or if it's like Star Wars, I mean, we've been through this, you know. Yeah. I mean? yeah. So it's like, yeah. Kyle, my boyfriend, loves Harry Potter. He loves Star Wars. He loves the Avengers. All the things, and that's great. But like, I don't want to hear <laughs> about. It. You know what I mean? because like, it's just not really that's, for me. So that's great. That's that, that's what it is. Just like he doesn't want to watch the I turn pretty. That's fine. I won't give you a whole synopsis on it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I thought that part was hysterical. And I just, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. Sibu Limu was just like, I loved him. I, for some reason, I thought Margot Robbie was like the quintessential perfect Barbie. And they poked fun that she's stereotypical Barbie, which is what everyone yes. is thinking. So it's just like saying things out loud that everyone was thinking that made it so much more hilarious. And this whole like, what was it like Casa Mojo, yeah. dojo, whatever house, yeah. <laughs> like just so funny. I just thought it was and when funny. they
1: sell that. That part yeah, was pretty I, funny when they they said that they would sell the houses. It's like they're flying off the shelf. It's like literally like cases of them flying out of the store. Like I, I actually thought that part was pretty. I thought that part was pretty funny.
0: Yeah. The uh, the scene where like it was like a, a like midway through the movie. And Margot Robbie was saying that I'm not pretty, and then uh, Helen Mirren, yes. who was the narrator of the movie, was like, "Just, just like the filmmakers are aware." that this, this this scene's hard to pull off knowing that Margot Robbie is saying it. To me, when they said that, because I was thinking the same thing, it's like, oh, I'm not pretty. I'm like, yeah, but you're Margot Robbie. And then the movie's like, we understand she's Margot Robbie. And I was like, okay, okay, we are on the same page here. Yeah,
2: Yeah, like, the self-awareness in the movie was just hilarious. And then on the flip side of that, I also appreciated how when Barbie went into the real world and she's at the bus stop um, in L.A. with this elderly woman she looks at her and is like you're beautiful so it's almost like she was appreciating the realness of people and the real world so i like getting glimpses of that Mm. too so it wasn't so like oh this is bimbo barbie stereotypical like beautiful blonde blah 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 like i felt like there were moments where they showed some growth with barbie Mm. as well which i thought was a nice touch
0: Okay. Yeah, I also like her response where she was like, "I know." Mm. <laughs> it's like you're yeah. so beautiful. It's like I. And then know. she showed. And then I she know. showed
1: like. Really, and then when she walked away with Ken, and she looked back to her, you can almost like see like the sense of respect, like she gave her, like almost like ad- admiration, like like that's where she wants to yeah. be when she's her age. I didn't. I didn't, totally. I didn't and, think about that, Jacqueline. I, that's that's a really good point. I didn't think about that.
2: Yeah, that was actually one of my favorite my favorite like moments in in the movie. That and in the end, I was like am I about to cry right now? Like when yeah. they were she's like giving her the speech um, from the woman who created Barbara, what is her name? It's her daughter's name was Barbara. Um, yeah. Like I searched uh, with an H her last name. I can't remember.
0: Her name is uh, Ruth Handler is the Ruth
2: handler. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So when they're like having that moment at the end, I was like, I'm like, Oh my God, am I gonna get emotional? And then I like flips to uh, the Nicki Minaj, like Barbie, like rap song at the end and i was yes. like no nah, i'm good like nah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um also the the older woman in that scene her name is Anne ruth or okay. Anne roth and she has been nominated five times for an academy award for best costume designer wow. and she won two oscars uh one for the english patient in 1996 and ma rainey's black bottom in 2020 That's a great movie. okay so I uh, what I don't know, and I'm looking up very quickly, if she was the the costume designer for Barbie, Barbie and, and yeah. maybe even <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if she gets another Oscar nomination.
2: I mean, but, there has to be the costumes were were just like so incredible, like Jacqueline, it was insane.
1: Jacqueline
0: Duran. Duran, yeah. Okay, Jacqueline so she wasn't, Duran. but maybe it was just a nod. Yeah, is the costume, costume designer design. for Barbie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe it was just Greta Gerwig has a lot of respect for her as a, as a, as a costume designer. I have thought that she was in the movie, but I guess not, or at least made the costume for the movies. Um, but Ernesto, your thoughts on the film? Um,
1: so like Jacqueline was saying, like, I just don't think that this movie was for me, but, but <laughs> I will say in hearing the Jacqueline talk about it and like kind of talking out some of these parts there, I'm, I'm appreciating certain parts more now that I probably didn't appreciate them because I went to go see it by myself. So, like, I don't know. I just, it was just, like, it was just, like, all over the place. Like, the one thing that, that, that bothered me is that, like, Will Smith, um, Will Smith, Will, Ferrell, run, Will, Will Smith smack somebody. No. No. Will Farrell's purpose, movie, maybe his mentioned. purpose was to get her back to Barbie land. But then she goes on. To, she goes back to Barbieland by her own volition, and then he chases her. But then he still pursues her. But he already achieved his purpose. She went back to Barbieland. So why did he keep going?
0: I don't know. <laughs> 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 you, you make a very valid point, Ernesto. I'm all about story, I, man. I, I, That's I, the problem. <laughs> I'm, I, Like a movie
1: can be as dumb as it wants. Like it can be literally about anything, but if you give me a good story, like I was expecting something like Enchanted. Like you know, they they come out, they come out into like the the from the fantasy world. But they and we got a little bit of that when she like goes to drink the when she goes to drink the water and it falls on her face like if I had gotten like a bunch way more of that in the real world of her acting like plastic Barbie I might have I felt like I might have like what if she like tried to jump off a roof to glide into a car like that would have been funny that would have been like like (laughs) if somebody like America Ferrer like tries to stop her like no that's not how we do it here and like maybe her and Ken like learn about the real world and try to make Barbie world better to like rebuild the connections. That's like I guess that's the problem. That's the movie I thought I was going to go watch. I was like maybe because I figured Greta Garvey would bring a good story and maybe something that would make you think later on and it was just, it was, it was, there was a little bit of, I mean, there was a lot of politicization. I mean, literally, he grabs a book called The Patriarchy and brings it back to Barbie <laughs> land. I mean, I mean hello. <laughs> and that's fine. I guess I just wasn't expecting that just because I felt like the marketing was geared towards like, like, a younger audience and maybe, like, a tween audience, especially because of the previews. Like, the previews was, like, was like kids' movies, like Haunted Mansion. I don't even remember what some of the other ones were. Oh, the Ninja Turtles. And literally, there was a crossover promotion of Barbie and Ninja Turtle where you start in the Barbie land and it, and it went down into the sewers and it was, like, a promotion for Ninja Turtles. So, I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, to me, that's, like, a direct correlation of, like, gearing it towards kids, whereas there was just a lot of adult themes in the movie itself.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you, Ernesto. I thought it was gonna be for for kids or like like tweens, like you were saying. I didn't think it was gonna be as geared towards adults as it was. Um and then it was rated what PG thirteen. Yeah, and it was like
1: a soft it was like a soft PG thirteen, because they didn't even I don't did they right. use it? I don't remember if they used their one F Bond. I thought maybe I heard it in the chase scene with Mattel, but then they purposefully bleeped out Issa Rays. Um, which yes. I thought was, that was a funny, that was a funny little quip that she threw in there. Just like, right to the Kens, like, and with the Mattel, like, blocking her out saying it. I thought that was pretty funny.
0: Yeah, but, and she was like, this was like when the Kens were like, hey, what's going on here, Barbies?" And then Ezeria goes, listen here, mother. And <laughs> yes. it, was, it was a pretty good, like, it was a scene I wasn't expecting. And I think part of, like, you going, just going back to what you said, I think a lot of this movie, what I really enjoyed about it was that, there was a lot of things I wasn't expecting because there was a lot that I didn't know what to expect from this movie. So I was kind of surprised a little bit of what I got. And I think part of it was that I was expecting what you pretty much said, Ernesto. It's like, here's Barbie Land, and then she goes into the real world, and then she's going to learn a whole bunch of stuff. The fact that we spent very little time in the real world kind of shocked me. Yeah and it was almost like Greta Gerwig was like look we spent all this money on making Barbie <laughs> That's land a good point. we got to keep it we got to keep it in Barbie land but guys.
1: you have to but you That's really a- have to appreciate the even also the production design that they made into Barbie land i mean that shit was beautiful oh, yeah. like that shit was like regardless of how you feel about the movie the costume design and production design were 100% on point and they they if anything they should be nominated for that because of like i literally thought i was looking at like a kid's playland, like a kid's playset. like if everything was perfectly placed like it didn't feel out of place i really felt like i was really in barbie land like a hundred percent i was a hundred percent convinced even like the clothes look like little girl like the little girl doll to- toy clothes so i mean mm-hmm. respect for that
2: Yeah, I I agree. I think the whole, like, you felt like you were immersed in that world. But I I totally see where you're coming from, Ernesto. And I also think, I'm with you, Matt. Like, I had no expectations whatsoever because I was, like, half paying attention to the marketing, half not. Like, I was, like, one foot in, one foot out. It's, like, hard to escape because it was literally everywhere. But I was just confused by it. Like, there wasn't a clear messaging of, like, this is what this movie is going to be. Um, Right, And so I think I was just kind of like, I'm probably going to hate this. So the fact that I, like, enjoyed parts of it, I was like, oh, this is pretty good. You know what I mean? Like, the bar was low. I think if I had gone in expecting something really great, I probably would have been a little disappointed. But I, you know, I was like, it was cute. I laughed and, you know, felt some type of way, you know, when she uh, reunites with the creator of Barbie or sits next to the older woman at the bus stop. So there was, like, enough moments of, of, like you know peaks and bright spots that i was that i was you know impressed i guess because the the bar was so low for me going into but
1: it. now
0: yeah i think you meant well
1: i was ahead. just gonna say but now let me ask you now as a kid did you ever play with barbies was that ever part of your child i did so did you feel did you did. like what what is that what was that connection you felt watching barbie had playing with barbies as a kid because maybe like i was just coming in as like seeing them being played with like even my sister was 10 years older than me when i was a kid so like i don't even really remember her playing with barbies so like i don't like what is that experience like like re like re-watching it reconnecting with something you did as a kid like does that have something to do with it? you
3: think
2: so yeah maybe and i think what's funny is the barbie that stuck with me the most was the weird barbie (laughs) because i feel like everyone goes through that phase where they cut their Barbie's hair or they color her and you draw on her face and she's always in a split like I don't know why but she literally (laughs) is and so whenever (laughs) Kane McKinnon came out and was like weird Barbie I'm like oh my god I had a blonde Barbie whose hair I cut off in the toilet and I drew all over her and I was like you know you're like she was literally her leg was behind her head like it was just so on the nose that I was like this is hilarious Mm. and that was And then obviously in the beginning when they rotate through all the different Barbies, there's that element of nostalgia because I remember either seeing those Barbies in the store or like having one or two of them and and all that. So I think it starts off the top with the nostalgia factor. And then at least for me, when it went to weird Barbie, I was like, oh my God, this is just facts. Like I did that to my Barbie 100%. Like once I was growing out of them, you know, you're like, I will cut her hair you know what mm. i mean so it was just like it was hilarious
1: mm. see i think i think little i think there's little notes it's like that is why the movie is so successful and why maybe like certain part. like to me i thought it was funny but i didn't resonate with that on the same level as you did and how many other women yeah. who saw that part and thought the literal exact same thing like so i, I think totally. that i think that has a lot to do with it but I mean those are those are pretty Matt. those are pretty much like my like over overarching thoughts. And I just yeah. I guess I took the yeah, I, I tried to take the movie too seriously because I thought I was getting a Greta Gerwig film and but I got a Barbie film with like Greta Gerwig undertones.
2: <laughs> you know what's interesting I didn't even realize that she was the director because I saw Lady Bird which she also mm-hmm. directed which was like this I mean, it was nominated for Best Picture. Like it mm-hmm. was this yeah. legit film, and I I loved it. Um, it was just like a coming of age story, and obviously these really like realistic storylines. And I just I didn't even realize it was mm. her, like until until you said that because I feel like it's so not her vibe, the Barbie. And girl. that's
1: why maybe that's what, that's what that's what that's what yeah. I thought that I was getting.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean it isn't her vibe at all. Like her her past two films that she directed and wrote was Lady Bird and Little Women. I mean the only thing that's very similar to those two movies as Barbie is that this is a female centric film, with a primarily female lead as in it. And so like, what was interesting to me the most was like, okay, Greta Gerwig is you know uh, an acclaimed director, and she always has a message to say in her films. So the fact that she wanted to be attached to Barbie, I was like okay. What 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 are we doing here? What do we have to say about this? And I feel like if anything, this this is a showcase of how she is as a filmmaker. Like Ernesto said earlier, you can hate or love the movie, but look at the production design that she put into this. Is not like she was given a budget, and she kind of ran with it. And then the fact that we, Ernesto, you were showing us earlier that the budget was 150 million dollars. What? And also like they they kind of backed it as well, like Mattel or you or um. Oh, Warner Brothers, was like, yeah, we, we'll, we'll back that. Like, that's a crazy amount of money just to market the movie. And also, they marketed very well, even though, to what and what you were saying, is like, I have little to no expectations for this movie, because I don't know what I'm walking into. The only thing that I really knew like, off the bat, was like, Greta Gerwig is in it. Margot Robbie is playing Barbie, which I think she'll be a great Barbie. Ryan Gosling is playing Ken, which I think he'll be a great yeah. Ken. And then also, it's like, I don't know anything about this movie. I, I, it's it's like, like I wasn't paying too close attention to the marketing of it or the trailers because I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll probably see it, but I don't know. But then as we were leading up to it, the whole Barbenheimer mm. was uh, just a big thing, and it was making a cultural event. It's like, okay, now I have to see this movie. And when you walk in there, he's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm strapped in. It, it looked like a fun time regardless. Um, and for me personally, I, I I had a good time with the movie. I, I honestly don't have anything – like, to your point, it's not the best movie ever made. The movie isn't flawless. Obviously, Ernesto pointed out a great plot point that did not make any sense in the film. Um, but I really don't have anything negative to say about it. I just I just had a lot of fun with it. And I'm also one to really attach on to, like, uh, like meta in films. And, and to me – and Ernesto knows this – I loved Chip and Dale Rescue oh, Rangers for name. how <laughs> – for how, I mean, it was a great movie and how, like, meta that movie was and also what it was doing for animation as well, like, what it was making fun of. And for me, this is is Barbie making fun of Barbie in a way. Mm. Like, all the classic tropes and all the criticism that Barbie has gone through throughout the years as well of, like, just being, like, this... This doll, this stereotypical doll, and you know, all the different versions of, of what it came out to be. It made fun of all that. It made fun of all the good and the bad about Barbie. And also, you know, for the for the writing, it, it, they really dived into Mattel's deep dark library of of dolls pregnant they pulled Barbie. out. Especially with with, with, with the who? pregnant
1: Barbie. <laughs>
0: with yeah, pregnant I, Barbie, yes. Yeah.
2: Was that a real Barbie? I went to Google it and then I forgot. Yes. Like it
0: was a real Barbie. It no, I, I looked into like, it.
2: The fact they kept shaming her, I was like, "I know this is a joke, but like, it's a little too far." That was the one. That was the one thing where I was like rolling my eyes at. Honestly,
0: that that's fair. And also, for those who don't know, um, Emerald Fennell played Pragnick Marvy, who was the director behind "Promising Young Women." <laughs> so, it, okay. so that's uh, also that's hilarious. Notes. Also, a great movie. Yeah. If, you, if you haven't seen "Promising" movie. I don't um, know. You should go and watch it. It's really good. I think it's on uh, HBO Max. But it's like the fact that she was in it as well. It's like okay, so we're obviously we have a lot of respect for a lot of different various women in film, rather that they put in here. And then I don't know. I think it was just a fun time. I didn't. I thought we we're gonna spend longer time in 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 bar, in the real world. Obviously, we spent a lot of time in Barbie Land. Um, I love that michael Spence. yes and, and he and he was a real doll that it was supposed to be ken's best friend that was out in the market and it didn't do well and the fact that there's so much hidden lore that's in this movie that i don't even know about i'm discovering a lot of discoveries happening as i'm watching this movie which is kind of insane uh uh to think about I was like i didn't realize barbie ha- i mean obviously barbie has like this rich history but i had no idea like not only are we – like, we're using it in such comedic ways in this movie, and I can't help but to appreciate that. It's just – it's it's hilarious. Even though I don't understand everything that's in it, I can appreciate for what it's trying to do and trying to entertain me for somebody who doesn't know. And also, not I'm not the geared audience for this, but I had a good time with it.
2: Yeah, I thought it was fun. And one other, like, one other criticism I do have is I felt like I thought after that whole – dramatic scene with barbie and um the woman who created barbie i keep forgetting her first name handler um they were like having this moment and she's like ruth yes her and ruth and they're like she's like asking me to go back into the real or go into the real world and like leave barbie land for good and so when i see her in america uh for back caught back the backseat of her car i'm like oh she's gonna be dropped off at like a job (laughs) interview and like this is really gonna come full circle for like Barbie can be anything, women can be anything, whatever. And then she's at the gynecologist. I'm like, What? Like that's how we're ending? Like, whatever. I don't know if they were like trying to have fun with it, but I felt like the that as the ending, I was kinda like, "Mm, okay, whatever. Like I didn't fully vibe with that ending. I could I could totally
1: see that. I could totally see that. Like I think the what you suggested would've would have been probably better. Like, you know, Seeing some get it, go for a job interview, like get, trying to answer right. the next phase of your life, and then uh, no, that's not what. It, like I didn't get, like I didn't get the joke. I didn't get the I didn't, joke at exactly.
2: all. Exactly. I didn't. I was like, maybe this is funny to some people, but I, I feel like I, it's like an inside joke that I'm on the outside of, and I was kind of like, whatever, it's over <laughs> now. I guess I'll go home. You I mean? like I it was kind of a blockbuster ending <laughs> so, personally. So
0: for me, it felt like the. So I I, I associated this movie with a comedy first. And, and then all the other stuff, second. And I, I, when we were getting into, like, the heart of it, I was like, okay, I thought, honestly, we were just going to fade to white and the movie was over. Like, I, was okay, you. this is this is the message that we're, we're sending here. It's like, Barbie can be anybody, but this particular Barbie wants to be human, you know? And if anything, this this movie was, like, in my opinion, less of a Barbie movie, even though it was surrounded by it, and more of a human story. Because it, now we see, and I we, we guess we'll get to Ken in a minute, but, like... The fact that Ken was kind of like always overshadowing was over the second place to Barbie. And then now Ken wants to be his own thing. There's something funny about that because it's always Barbie and Ken. It's never just Ken. And yeah. even Ryan even Ryan Gosling was saying is like like a lot of people are like, I don't know, giving him criticism about playing Ken or whatever. And then in an interview, he said, it's funny that a lot of people all of a sudden care about Ken because no one else no one ever cared about him and like as far as pertaining to this movie and he makes a really good point he said
2: a big word salad in saying that like i remember reading the quote and i was like huh like what are you trying to say here bro like it was (laughs) just like a big nothing burger matt you uh, deliver the message better than how he said it it. Criticism. there's just something i don't know what it is like something about ryan gosling and i know i cannot move up from this point but like Him with blonde hair is just, like, that blonde hair. It's, like, weird to me. Like, I'm, like... It was a little weird. It's just, like, not capturing the essence of Ken. For Like, it's just not. Like, I don't know why. And I know he's, like, the perfect Ken. But I'm, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know that I have anyone better. Like, maybe Austin Butler. Like, even though I don't think he's as good of an actor and couldn't really, like, deliver the punchlines that Ryan Gosling did. um, But he was kind of giving me, like... I don't know how to say it like not creepy Ken vibes but like kind of like (laughs) Margot Robbie was like she is Barbie like you're like wow that is the perfect casting something is just I can't explain it something was a little off about Ryan Gosling as Ken not from an perspective but just like the overall visual and I and I don't know why.
0: That's interesting. I mean, I didn't really bump into it. It's more of his comedic style too. It's just like, "Hey, Barbie, yes. how's it how's it going, Barbie?" It's like, "You see no, me like over here." And that's
2: perfect. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was it was pretty funny. But going back to like the 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 last nugget, like the comedic moment in there. Like I said, I always felt like this movie was more of a comedy. And so the fact that I thought we were gonna fade to white and more of a of a heartfelt you know ending, I was like, okay, I'm I'm fine with that. But I actually kind of thought it was funny because. It was just like that one little – like the whole movie was making fun of itself the entire time. This is just the last little last joke before the credits roll. And so I can I only really appreciate it for just like we're ending on a on, a, on a, kind of like a button of a comedy mm. note. But other than that, I see the point you're saying that. It's like if, if we were going off the heart angle of the movie, yeah, she would be looking for a job trying to start her new life. But instead we went with the funny route. Instead. Especially with Mer- America yeah.
1: Ferreira having that like heartfelt speech, like I right at the end. She had that really long monologue. So I felt like, okay, yes. like we're taking the time be- and giving her this moment because this is what, this is what matters in the movie. So, so it, I think it would have made that her points hit home more if we had just ended like that. And then her ending would have been more interpreted as, than, as opposed to being like very literal with her going to the gynecologist.
2: Yeah, I think it would have made it, given it a good variety of like, okay, we're taking you through this story and there's a lot of funny parts and jokes and self-awareness mm-hmm. of Barbie and the flaws. But then if we ended on a more of a heartfelt note, I think it would have kind of balanced it out, in my opinion.
0: I, I think that's a valid point, especially, I think a lot of people were calling, let's see, it's the impossible to be a woman speech that, I, I think that right. was like, kind of like, the heart and the crux of the film. I feel like the movie was building up to this, like yeah. the, the impossibility of being a woman and her kind of just spilling out everything. And, and that being the thing that kind of took Barbie out of the trance, like all the Barbies out of the trance of like right. being overtaken by Ken. I feel like that was like a good, it was a well done speech. And I feel like if there was any, well, excuse me, dog, I'm talking here. That, that's really <laughs> dogs trying to tell you how they felt about the speech. Yeah, I know, right? The dogs trying to tell me. Your dogs see Barbie uh, too. Yeah, the do- <laughs> hey, do you, have you seen Barbie? Okay, cool. Um, oh, but to tell, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think that I think that was like the heart of the movie for me. That was like the turning point of the film of what we were trying to say here um so yeah i i also really enjoyed that part as well and then mainly also there's just a whole bunch of other fun things like the whole beginning of the movie was this like the 2001 a space odyssey recreating that like a shot for shot scene of kind of that that whole thing which was really really funny as well like like before barbie there was like all these normal looking dolls and like these baby dolls and all these like girls were trying to be like they were playing to be mothers, and until Barbie came along, and you can kind of be whatever you want. And the fact that she was wearing the 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 iconic like black and white swimsuit in that scene, and that was the first time I think it was in 1959 when the Mattel released Barbie. That was the outfit that she wore as well. So again, a lot of fun nods in there as well.
2: Yeah, and Ernesto, back to what you were saying with like me me growing up with Barbies. I also before Barbie. I had like baby dolls or American girl dolls and things like mm-hmm. that. So that transition from having an American girl doll when you're like five, six, seven, and then kind of graduating, if you will, to Barbie mm-hmm. is like a very real thing. So right off the bat, I was like, oh my God, this is hilarious. And then they go into <laughs> so showing you all the different kinds of Barbies. And I'm like, this is like I'm like reliving this era of my life, you so know? That whole
1: opening sequence really like her doing that that made like all the sense in the world to you like the fact that they do that and the kids yeah okay well see now see once again another point of something that i guess i didn't truly understand when i watched when i watched it but now hearing you explain it it makes it it makes a lot more sense
2: yeah you're probably like why are all these little girls in the desert like the (laughs) desert wherever they were like you know freaking beating the crap out of their bar out of their baby dolls but yeah like when i was i had like two or three american girl dolls when i was younger and then you kind of graduate if you will to barbie and i had like 20 different barbies and i saw maybe five of them in the opening 10 minutes of the movie so that was really cool
0: um also uh, uh, greta gerwig has also said that this movie was heavily inspired by one of your favorite movies, Jacqueline, uh, the wizard of Oz, oh. which I, and, and there's a lot of nods. There's a lot of nods to wizard of Oz as well. If you, Barbie was passing one of like the a cinema that was there and they was playing the wizard oh. of Oz oh, as well as, that. as well as Barbie leaving Barbie land. She was going down a, a pink brick road instead of yep. obviously a yellow brick road. Um, and I guess one of, there was like, a. Uh, a bicycle sequence when she's transitioning from barbie land to the real world i guess that was also in like the the Wizard the
2: wicked of oz. like the wicked witch on the bike is that what it's supposed to be
0: no i guess there was a transition scene that they were traveling through bike in the wizard of oz and that was okay in the movie as well i don't i don't i don't remember the wizard of oz that's <laughs> that well yeah um, i don't remember
2: that part either but that's but i did have that like thought when i was looking at because it almost looked like emerald city vibes mm, when she was yeah. leaving And coming from Barbie Land into the real world, in her, like, little pink car, it was, it was, like, I mean, again, just a nod to the whole set. It was crazy. So that when she goes into the real world, you're like, ew, I don't want to be here. Like, give me back. Yes. You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you make a really good point because it does feel like that. It's, like, I feel like they spend so much time and attention to Barbie Land, like, in a production standpoint. And also just... Just how like fun that 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 whole world is. We talked about the weird Barbie, but just like her, like, but first of all, Lizzo singing the song Pink and literally describing everything that Barbie's doing in <laughs> in the opening monologue was also hilarious. And like her just like drinking and like like nothing so was coming funny. out, and and it's just like that's I'm assuming anyway. That's how you would play with Barbie, like nothing comes out. This isn't real, right. yeah. Right. <laughs> the, the fact that we got all the way to the beach and Ken's running and then he just <laughs> hits the water and then he gets injured and then they all pull out this 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 truck and it's like oh I'm 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 like Doctor Barbie and and then he goes you're perfectly fine you're mm. you're fine.
2: Also the fact that he says like his job is beach the whole is just <laughs> yes. like freaking hilarious like the amount of memes that I've seen where it's like you at your job to your boss and it's like i beach it was like <laughs> so funny the the
0: the memes i've been seeing the most is people wanting the the, the hoodie that says i am enough
1: yes oh. yeah. i literally <laughs> okay. heard a girl my the girl sitting two seats away from me she goes oh i'm making that shirt when i get home
0: <laughs> yeah i've
3: been, been seeing people- a
2: lot of on TikTok with like the I am Knuff, like stickers like they're putting on like oh, water wow. bottles and laptops and stuff yeah mm. I'm like oh my gosh of That's course
0: give it uh, by I, I I wouldn't be surprised that by the holiday season we're gonna be so we're gonna see so much more Barbie merch and then as well as Knuff, oh, I am yeah. Knuff merch as well uh, but but br- very briefly Jacqueline what are your thoughts on like the whole thing with Kens like all the Kens the whole Ken dumb Uh, aspect of it like do you think that was that was funny was it kind of out of place like where was your vibe on that
2: I don't know I didn't really take it too seriously just like they're poking fun at Barbie being stereotypical and and she thinks she's perfect and she's making women feel better by being perfect and the whole time watching it I'm like sister what so it's just like (laughs) you know what I mean like I think I was like whatever this is funny honestly like who cares like I wasn't taking it to heart. I can obviously see how maybe some people might take offense to being like, oh, all guys are stupid and we can just brainwash them and blah, blah, blah. And men and women can't coexist successfully. You know, it has to be one or the other. And like, I get it. But to be honest, when I was watching it, I'm like, this is not that deep. Mm -hmm. Like that's my, Mm -hmm. that was my overall thing. I can understand the perspective, but I, I, I thought it was funny. I'm not a guy again. So like, (laughs) That, so that's a, maybe as a guy, you guys are more, more could be offended by it. And I could totally see that. But for me, I was like, this is funny.
0: I mean, personally, I was not offended by anything with the ken dumb aspects yeah. of it. I I thought it was done to comedic effect because we also got, like, this, like, Barbie understanding their Kens, I guess, in that way. And so, like, the fact that they broke off into a musical number as they're trying to fight. And it's, like, the the least manly and grotesque fight you ever see (laughs) of a war happening it's so ridiculous and they're like just throwing floaties at each other and (laughs) and then all of a sudden they all just banded together (laughs) at the end of it all like of the musical and they're all wearing like these black shirts and yeah tights and everything
2: it was giving me grease vibes like and this might be like the dancer in me but i was like wow Simu Liu and Ryan Gosling are like are picking up this choreography well and they're doing a great job that's I I was like impressed with their dancing skills honestly I was like this whole um like all the choreography here is really good but that's just like from a dancer perspective I thought it was funny though I'm like I I don't think it's that serious
0: no and I think it also kind of kind of tied into the end of like it was funny because I did also see see people online saying that like oh this is a Barbie movie with a lot of Ken in it and I and I in my head it's like well I think that's a little bit kind of the point because Ken has always been taking a backseat to Barbie yeah. this entire time again it's poking fun at itself and its own lore while also doing something different with with everything I don't know it, it's it was it was it, to me it was a very clever script that I wasn't really expecting with. Again, with Ernesta pointing out a few plot holes along the way. (laughs) That was just amazing, but
1: that just—I think that just points to like, like the movie being silly. Like, I don't think she like Mm -hmm. that's a pretty—that's a pretty big point to like miss. Otherwise, like, what was the what was the whole purpose of everything? But maybe that is the point: is that there is there was no purpose. It was just to like see have Barbie go through this journey. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I actually I actually like the Kingdom stuff. I just thought it was weird. Like. He brought the patriarchy over. What does that even mean? Like, what the fuck does that even mean?
2: (laughs) Yeah. I thought it was kind of random. Like, I was like, "Eh, I was not expecting us to go here, but whatever. And then on the flip side of that, some of the funniest moments I thought was when all the Barbies were trying to brainwash... Or, like, distract the cans. Like, I was dying laughing at some of that stuff. But I just thought, you know, I, again, like, I didn't think it was that serious. Yeah,
1: and I think...
3: No, I I
1: don't... No, I was just going to say, and maybe that's just, like, just maybe the movie, like, maybe it wasn't for me to see by myself. And I think maybe that's where I, I think Mm -hmm. maybe that's where I messed up. Because I sat there, and I was like, a lot of people were laughing. And I was just like, I don't, like, I don't get it. Like, (laughs) I don't get what, I don't get that was funny. But, but talking to you has really like opened my eyes on certain parts of the movie that I didn't, I guess I just didn't really understand or appreciate, but now, now I kind of do. So there's certain parts that I like better than I did when I walked out of the movie. I have a better feeling now than I did when I walked out of the movie.
2: Wow. This is see said This is how I felt when I was watching James Bond alongside <laughs> Kyle. I was like, I was like, what did I just watch? And we like kind of like, Debriefed, and I was like, oh okay, yeah, that was a great movie." Yeah, you don't think it's a great movie, but like, I think once I had some time to to reflect, I appreciated James Bond a little bit more. That's a bet. I I think that's a better way to describe it.
1: I think I appreciated it. I appreciate it more now than when I than when I walked out of the movie, where because I was really confused on why certain parts were so significant, like the beach, like the sitting on the bench scene. That was that was a that was one that I didn't really connect until you kind of explained it out to me the weird barbie like i thought it was funny but now hearing how like on the nose it was kind of makes it that makes it a little it makes it it makes it a little bit better to me
2: yeah and like literally out of all of the barbies that was the one that i was like i had that barbie and i did that exact thing to my mm-hmm. barbie it's almost like yeah. like a um like the story of your relationship with your barbie as you're growing up it's like you have <laughs> you have the dolls And then you kind of graduate to having all these Barbies. And then once you're about to graduate from Barbie, you're like, oh, I don't care about this toy. Essentially, I'm just going to cut her hair and draw shit on her head. And it's like it's just like it was just really funny and on the nose.
0: And and I think you made a really good point of it being like a social event. Yes. Because that's what it felt like it was all weekend. Obviously, going looking at the box office box office numbers, it made a record setting one hundred and fifty five million dollars opening weekend. It crushed the twenty like at, Thursday night was twenty two million alone, which was crazy to think about. But over the weekend, one hundred and fifty five million dollars domestically, three hundred and thirty seven million dollars worldwide Ooh. opening weekend. This movie opened huge. At the worldwide uh, grossing beat out the entire runs of the flash and fast x in its theatrical release and it did that it did that in a weekend so the marketing
1: the marketing was definitely on point and i and i think and it it's true it, it's it was a social event whether it was gonna yeah. be whether it was gonna be a date night or we're you know or it's like a a girl's night or Whatever, like, or uh, obviously parents bring in their daughters at varying at varying different ages. Although, Matt, mm-hmm. even when we saw Oppenheimer and when I saw Barbie, the, the youngest girl who was sitting in my section, she had to have been at least five years old watching this wow. movie. And see, that's what I was oh talking God. about. Like, I think that's like, as far as the marketing, that like that, maybe that was too young. Like, maybe they should yeah. have been a little bit more direct on the audience that they were going to take to. But they also can't control everybody's kid
0: so yeah yeah we also saw young we also saw young children in oppenheimer too and that is clearly not really yeah Yeah. absolutely obviously um but also to that point going back to like barbie and its accomplishments it was the biggest domestic opening of 2023 the biggest opening for a female director ever wow Uh, it's the biggest opening ever for a movie based on a toy Um, and and this just goes to show like how big the barbie ip is um, and it's also big—the biggest opening for a movie that isn't a sequel, remake, or superhero film. This is technically an original story, just based off a very popular IP. And it's kind of similar to, kind of similar to the box office numbers that the Super Mario Bros. movie made back in April. It's like, technically, it's an original movie, but it's based off of an, a huge IP, and a lot of families went to go see that movie. Barbie is doing better numbers than that. And so it just goes to show that, like, (laughs) this is Barbie's world and we're just living in it, apparently, (laughs) because a a lot of people wanted to see this movie. And you Um, know what?
2: I I saw, when I saw Oppenheimer, I really didn't have plans of seeing Barbie. And then once I realized they were premiering on the same night, and I saw so many people, like, literally dressed up and, like, families, friends, all the things, moms, daughters, and, like, sequins, heels, like, literally Barbie like, suit sets that were hot pink, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I mean, if this many people are going and seeing it and it's this whole event, like, we could go, like, whatever. And so that was the half of the reason I went and saw it. Because to me, again, like, beforehand, I was kind of confused on what the movie mm-hmm. was going to be. And so I, I was kind of on the fence about it but seeing all the people going and making it like a huge mm-hmm. social event and posing inside of barbie boxes at the movie theater <laughs> kind of talked me into seeing it
0: yeah uh so with that Jacqueline your final thoughts
2: so I think again I enjoyed it because the bar was low for me uh, as long as I can I'm engaged in the movie the whole time I can laugh. I have some moments where I'm appreciating it. It's kind of tugging at the heartstrings a little bit also with the nostalgia factor. And I do think it is geared towards millennial women who grew up with Barbie or even just like a little bit younger than that too. Um, I I mean, I enjoyed it. I would recommend it to to someone. I think it's an easy watch. It's nothing Mm. crazy. It's not too heavy. If you just want to go to a movie and escape and kind of just watch something mindless and laugh a little bit. I say go for it. I liked it.
1: Ernesto? So, I wasn't as enthusiastic when we first started this conversation, but through this conversation and hearing your appreciation (laughs) for it and really understanding certain aspects, like the whole opening sequence, like, I didn't know that until you said something um, that the other scene we were talking about, and I, I get it. I get it a little bit more now than I did walking out. And it was just, I think, just a few things. Like, really have to give a lot of love to the production designer for Sarah Greenwood and also the costume designer Jacqueline Duran. Like I would love to see something for each of these women come Oscar season. Like regardless of how you feel about the movie, they did a phenomenal job like like so much love and respect for what they were able to accomplish in the film regardless of how you feel about it. Also the America Ferrera scene, uh, she told Vanity Fair that the scene took 2 days and between 30 to 50 takes for the film wow whoa
0: (laughs) wild (laughs) i mean i guess i guess that i mean again going back to how pivotal that scene was they probably really wanted to get it right and that's why they spent a lot of time on that
1: yeah but those those are my main thoughts i i feel much better about it now than i did when i first when i first walked out of it it was much more of a communal thing to do with somebody like this is not like a movie you can go see by yourself if you go see it by yourself i feel like you're missing part of the fun that is the film the film Mm -hmm. is a is a movie you go see with somebody else and which is weird because i haven't seen like seen a movie like that in a really long time where we're like almost like you need to see it with somebody to really kind of get a better a deeper enjoyment out of it
0: yeah so man yeah i mean I, for me personally I, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the movie it was kind of kind of similar to kind of both of your points Jacqueline t- to your point the movie was so I, I expected very little from this movie I just like my main draw was Greta Gerwig's directing what are you gonna say with this movie and but it really I didn't have any expectation, expectations going into so the fact that I had such a good time watching it uh, it kind of just you know brought up my spirits a little bit because like this was just a fun silly meta movie that, and again, I'm a sucker for movies that kind of make fun of themselves to kind of just go deep into the lore. The fact that I'm learning something about this movie every single day, as far as like, like a hell, I just learned that America for Era spent two days on that scene. I didn't know that just until two seconds ago. So like, that's that's just cool to see. So I feel like the attention to detail in this movie is what I'm most impressed with. And then I was also impressed with how clever this script was. Mm. And then I was also entertained by the the actors that were all in this movie as well: Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, Simu Liu, Issa Rae, uh, Michael Sarah, America Friera, Like they were all great in their respective roles. And so I again, I don't think this is a flawless movie. I do agree with you 100% Ernesto that between the costume design and the production design if anything else, should 100% be nominated for an Oscar Absolutely. for what they were able to accomplish for this movie. Um, I can I can almost see it for script writing. I don't think it will go that far, but it's a possibility. I mean, the we know the Academy love Greta Gerwig, so they might show a lot of love for this movie when it comes to Oscar season. I guess we'll, we'll find out next year. But I feel like this is definitely not the last time we're going to be having this conversation because, because I think we're going to be talking about this movie... For the rest of the year, for the, in one way, shape, or form. Uh, because who knew, again, like I said at the beginning, that Barbie was gonna be the movie of the summer that everyone needed to see.
2: So, yeah, literally. And just to piggyback really quick off of what you guys were saying with the scene and everything, I think it's almost more impressive because there's not really a precedent, right? Like, there's nothing. Right. It's this whole new world that they have to bring to life and make, you know, it's, I mean, and it's kind of like what they did with Harry Potter, right? Like it's this completely new thing where you want people to feel so immersed in that world. And I think they did such a good job. Like I felt like I was in a whole other place. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Yes,
0: agree. Yeah. And you, and, you made like, and you make a really good point as far as like, we, we, like you have the IP of Barbie, but how do you, how do you form that into a story? Yeah. Like what do, you, what do you do with all of this lore? And the fact that they were able to come out with this was kind of really impressive. Kind of the same thing with the Super Mario Bros. movie where you have all of this content to choose from. Now, how do you kind of go all there to where you're also where you're appeasing to fans but also giving an original take on the story? So uh, I, I think there's a lot of similarities here and the reason why box office numbers are reflecting on their success. Uh but anyway, there you go. That's our spoiler review on Barbie part one of Barbenheimer. And as we transition next week into part two, Jacqueline, I just want to get your quick thoughts on Oppenheimer
2: okay so Oppenheimer obviously I knew it was about the guy who created the atomic bomb mm-hmm. so like I knew that and I also knew going into it that it was going to be very dialogue heavy that is what um Kyle my boyfriend he, full disclosure like he kind of forced me to go not forced me but he's like let's he's like let's go see Oppenheimer it was totally his idea and I'm like oh that sounds interesting like I'm something I would be interested in seeing let's do it So I totally would not have won if it wasn't for him. But I just don't know. I liked it. However, I don't know, even though I knew it was dialogue heavy going in, the fact that it was so dialogue heavy towards the end and for almost, like, the entire last hour, I was just expecting more, I don't know, like, more about his storyline, because you have these two storylines kind of happening at the same time. It's, like, how he... Invents it and that whole journey, and then the after effect where he's trying to get clear his clearance and all that, and it's like the different—I mm-hmm. don't know if like it's a courtroom per se, but the hearings that are going on. I just wish it was like less focused on the hearing towards the home stretch. And I know they're trying to get to how his story ended up and everything like that, but I just kind of was more interested on him as an individual versus the hearings in general. Like it was so dialogue heavy for the last hour that I'm like, if we're going to make it this dialogue heavy, I don't think the movie needs to be three hours long. If it's going to be three hours long, I need a little bit more action, a little bit more character than just going back and forth to a black and white room and a small closet. Like I was towards the end, I was just like fading. You know what I mean? Maybe that's just Mm -hmm. like, like a hot take, but I just felt like it was very long for that ending. And it didn't need to be that way.
0: I mean i I mean, you're not wrong as far as like a three hour movie can be daunting in and mm-hmm. of itself, so you you yeah. want something engaging for that three hours. that's a hundred percent understandable there,
2: and there was just a lot of characters in the hearings and a lot of uh, names, and I was truly getting confused towards the end because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, like who is this who is this guy again what is what does he do? Like I was just getting so like overwhelmed. Uh, that i was like losing my interest in in the film towards the end which like i've spoken to people and that they have the complete opposite take and and they got mm. crazy so they're like oh my god the ending was so amazing it was so good i think it was good i just don't know that i needed like 3 hours of it i feel like we could have told <laughs> the story in like 2 to an half i w-
0: i wouldn't disagree with you there that it could have been just a, a hair shorter as far as you know the story that they were trying to tell. But what what is your what is your rating on it then? If, if you said that Barbie was like seven and a half, eight out of ten. Where where's Oppenheimer for you?
2: Okay, so I just wanted to preface this by saying I don't think you can compare them. So just because I'm giving Fair. Barbie one score doesn't mean that <laughs> Oppenheimer's score that is about to be less than that means that Barbie <laughs> was better. Let but it also could not be your type of because movie like...
1: not just be your, it could just not yeah. be your type of movie. And that's
3: okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I I was talking to my coworkers, I said a 6.8, if I'm feeling generous, a 7.
0: That's not far off from what you said for Barbie. Yeah, I think it's like seven
2: and a half, eight for Barbie. So
0: we're talking a, of a half a point or a point I off. I, yeah. I, just I was expecting like, like a 4. <laughs>
2: oh, no, no, no. I wouldn't give it a 4. Honestly, the entire beginning, I was so interested and I was like enthralled just in like this he's what, like a science teacher. I'm like, this is insane. Like I, I didn't Google anything about him. Like I didn't want to look, I was trying to purposefully avoid everything I could yeah. on Oppenheimer. Cause I just wanted to go into it blind and not knowing anything. Um, and his story was so interesting to me. I did, I guess like, obviously it makes sense with the whole, um, like communism aspect. Like that's mm-hmm. plays in obviously all the way towards the end, but I just like, I really had no idea. um, and so I thought it was really, really interesting. But then, I don't know, once we got into these hearings, he's getting security clearance. They're trying to almost make him seem like he has a communist connection. Like, And there were so many players. I was getting a little, like, I was fading in and out mm. towards the end.
0: So basically, after the buildup to the atomic bomb, the last hour is where it kind of lost you.
2: Yeah, because I don't know. I don't know if I was expecting the the build up to the bomb to kind of be on the end note. And I Mm -hmm. thought like, that's where it was going to go. I don't know. I was just, and then also like, did he actually know Albert Einstein or is that like a metaphor? You know what I mean? Like, do they actually interact and have this exchange on a lake (laughs) (laughs) Or, or like, is that just like a metaphor for something? I don't know. It was, it was getting a little too, by that point I was so checked out that, when they actually showed the conversation that he had with Albert Einstein, I'm like,
3: "Yeah,
2: I don't know what this is supposed to mean. So I just looked it up.
1: Apparently, him and Oppenheimer lived and worked at Princeton after the war, specifically at its Institute for Advanced Study, where Oppenheimer served as director from 1947 to 1966. They were not particularly close friends. But that doesn't mean that
0: they didn't have any kind of relationship. Like interaction. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Okay, so did they know each other? That so that that was all true. Also, this was all based off of a book, uh, like kind of diving into Oppenheimer's life. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure that that Nolan took a lot of you know inspirations from, or a lot of stuff from for the for the movie. Um, but that's yeah, interesting. I honestly, that's that's a, more or less a like a not a not that's not a negative review. You just felt no. like it should have been shorter.
2: Yeah, I felt like it should have been shorter, or just a little bit more action packed throughout to keep me engaged for three hours and I've seen Christopher Nolan movies in the past. Like inception is him. Right. Mm-hmm. And I
3: mm-hmm.
2: loved inception. I never felt bored. I never felt, and that was a long movie. Um, yeah. and I, I don't ever remember feeling like, okay, I'm done here. Like I, and it's, and I, and Kyle would be like, that's his style. He's very dialogue heavy. He does long movies that are very like intertwined mm-hmm. and there's multiple storylines happening And I get that, but I just feel like other Christopher Nolan movies I've seen, I didn't feel this way.
0: This is very much a different Christopher Nolan movie that we've seen him do in his career, for sure. Yeah. Um, So, so yeah, I I don't blame you for, like, going into this movie expecting one thing and then getting something completely different. Because I, I personally feel that this is very much a different film than... No one has ever done before.
2: Yeah, well, cool. Because yes. some people were like, "It was so good, you're crazy," and I'm like, "I don't know, I don't think I'm that crazy." I I w- <laughs> wasn't like obsessed with it. I wouldn't like go see it again, you know.
0: Yeah. But it it's hard for some people when you've already done it to sit through a three hour movie to go sit through a three hour movie again, yeah, especially if you yeah. weren't enthralled with it. So that's 100 percent understandable. Yeah. Uh, but but thank you for your thoughts on on Barbenheimer. <laughs> if you want to hear, do you
2: guys like Oppenheimer? Are you saving
0: we, that? We we were saving, saving it, Ernesto. If you want to give a little taste, that's something you, you, like or you want to save. Two
2: sentences. It? I'm just two curious. sentences. I mean,
0: I loved yeah. it. I would actually go see it again.
2: Wow. You okay. <laughs> can leave it at
0: that. I I I will say I will say this, and I'm kind of comparing this a little bit. I love Steven Spielberg. Uh huh. Right. Steven Spielberg had made movies like uh, uh, Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, E. T. Um, you know, all the classics. Right. Nolan has also made his movies as well. There was a point in uh, uh, Steven Spielberg's career when he went from making those movies to making *Schindler's List*. Not *Indiana Jones*, *Jurassic Park*, and *Jaws*. That's not, or *ET*. That's not. That's not *Schindler's List*. <laughs> so, I, in in my opinion, this movie is *Oppenheimer*. Is Christopher Nolan's *Schindler's*? That's List. a really good comparison. Okay, I respect. So that. it's it's very.
1: I was just saying I respect that. I get it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's not your typical Nolan affair, but it's not necessarily a bad thing either. It's just a very different movie than what he's used to making. And I think it needs to go in it into a different approach. And that's why even going into prior knowledge of maybe now going in a second viewing of this, you know, rewatching the movie and then also – Getting a little bit more background on Oppenheimer might change the viewing experience. Mm. Like with any Nolan movie, you gotta see it more Correct. than once to really get a deep dive for it. Why does that? I'm not. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. But that's all right. Because it that's just, okay, it okay. just, it wasn't for you.
2: I, I think it was, yeah, I think it was good. It just, um, the length was what, the length in the storyline, I didn't think it was necessary. Mm. I think, let me rephrase this I didn't think the length was necessary in order to tell that story. That's all. I get
0: that. and That's perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, But to Ernesto said, I I didn't love it, but I actually did. I did like it a lot.
2: Yeah, I like Um, it too. I just didn't. I love it. I'm with you.
0: Yeah. Um, But yeah, but tune in next week for our part two of Barbenheimer, where we do a deep dive into our spoiler review of Oppenheimer on next week's episode. I think it's kind of rare that we can actually have a title called Oppenheimer, yeah. and, <laughs> and just kind of it really like a lot of people just enjoyed going to the movies this weekend. And I, and for Ernesto and I, that we've been doing it literally every weekend for the past four years, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's nice to see that the world has you know, right, the right to think about that. Um, it's kind of crazy that the world I feel like for a brief moment has caught up to our excitement every time we go walk into the movie, whether we like the movie or not. We always enjoyed the movie going experience. And it's about the experience. This, and what the, this, and
1: what, the, this, what the what what yes. is the what is the what conversation does the movie bring afterwards? Like, like, look, we were able to talk about so many different things and really enjoy different aspects of Barbie whether you liked it loved it or hated it like there was something there there were certain takeaways that the movie gave us
2: Totally and I feel like also it's like a um, like a throwback Like I was talking about that at the top of this episode the last yeah. time I went to a theater for an event was literally the year 2000 and I feel like movies kind of dropped off and it's nice to kind of have a reason go yeah. back and have that experience and some movies are just Better in the theaters. You know what Uh, I mean? Like Top Gun. I do feel like Oppenheimer. You have to see that in a theater. Like it's not Mm -hmm. a movie that you could see at home. And even Barbie, honestly, I don't even know that I would be able to appreciate the set and all that Barbie Land is if I wasn't in a theater. If I was just from home. So I think if any of these, or if anything's in common with these two movies, it's like I think the going to the movie experience outside of the social aspect of it for Barbie just makes. Both movies better, no matter what. That's a
0: that's yeah, a good point. and that's that's honestly a good way to end this yeah. episode. It's just like go to yeah. the movies, go to the movies.
1: Yeah. Well, Jacqueline, before we do let you go, can you tell the peoples where they can find you on all the things?
2: Yes, you can find me on Instagram. I will blow up your feed every day. I'm <laughs> at, at Jack J A C D E A U G. That's pretty much my handle on everything. If I'm very easily findable on social media but i just joined threads so i'm still trying to figure that out but twitter facebook instagram tiktok all the things if you just type in jack diog i'll pop up
0: also now twitter is now x apparently exactly. oh That's
2: yeah whatever me off because i'm like you know you have your tabs open you like look for yeah. the certain symbols and i'm like what is x and i keep forgetting <laughs> like i can't
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know how long that one's gonna last. Uh, now with, much with to keep threads, up with. It, it's a lot to keep up with. But Jacqueline, thank you for joining us yet again. This was a very fun conversation. Also, I, we haven't spoken to you in a while, so it was also fun kind of I catching know. up a little bit. It's well. the first time we get to well, do you guys video. Know I'm always...
2: this. Yes, yeah, is I, the
0: first time we get to do video.
2: I was gonna say last time it was just audio because I was like in my pajamas, right. um, <laughs> basically. So, but no, it's it's really it's nice. I, obviously, you guys know I love being on the pod. So anytime. You need me. I'm your well, girl. That's
1: awesome. Like, we really appreciate you spending your time to come hang out with us.
2: Yeah, of course. You guys are the best. So, the next movie, you know, every I'm always trying to like pitch myself for future episodes <laughs> every time I come on. Um, you should. So, yeah. So, whenever you need me, you have my, you got my number. Let me know. I'm more than happy to hop on whenever.
0: We appreciate that. And also, if you want more from us, you can find us on all of our social media channels on Instagram at boxoffice__bingers, our Facebook, TikTok, and Threads page, at box office bingers and and if you're going on twitter or x or whatever it's called now (laughs) you can find us on (laughs) you can find us on at box office binger without the s and the reason why we don't have an s is because we couldn't couldn't fit fit it it.
1: but we're on twitter now we're there or x sorry yes
0: or x whatever whatever it is whatever Uh, (laughs) oh my god uh come back next week for part two of barbenheimer where we do a deep dive on oppenheimer and we also have another special guest coming on the show for that so we're looking forward for that conversation and uh thank you each and every one of you for listening to this uh to our podcast each and every week really do really appreciate it come back next week for more movie fun you don't gonna regret it and for that i've been your host matt Dos santos see ya